Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Sunday. Great to have you with us. What a great show we have for us. We're going to start the show off with Congressman Ben Klein. He is a congressman making a big impact on ways and means and on all of the issues of using the power of the purse to rein in spending, failure, bureaucracy, and inflation. He's going to join us at the top of the show then. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, he's going to come up to bat. Got a lot to talk to him about, including that China story we broke last week. A lot more going on there. Steve Moore, he has a lot to say about the economy, former chief economic advisor to Donald Trump. He's going to talk about bank failures, inflation, and why the markets are looking so glum right now. Then current Congressman Warren Davidson from Ohio, one of the sage voices in all of a national security space. He's going to talk to us, former, of course, military service member as well. And then we're going to finish up with an update on all the amazing developments in the Hunter Biden scandal, the investigations by James Comer. We heard those on Friday. A good update there. Seamus Bruner, my co-author on the book, Fallout. Seamus Bruner will be here. And we're going to talk about all things Hunter Biden, all the different money trails, leading to the Biden family. And really, Joe Biden isn't about Hunter Biden. It's about Joe Biden. We're going to have all that on a Sunday brunch edition of John Solomon Reports. We'll have the first guest, Congressman Klein, up right after this commercial message. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. He's from Virginia. He's a congressman. He serves on uh, the House Oversight Committee. In fact, he's chairman of the Subcommittee on Responsiveness and Accountability. He is Congressman Ben Klein, and he joins us right now. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Tom, good to be back. Uh, you're uh, on the, one of the committees that is looking at the Hunter Biden uh, 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 fiasco, all of the oversized business deals. How big a deal is it to get the Treasury Department to actually do what it should have always done, which is allow Congress to see those bank records? It is a big deal. It shows that, that what we're doing is working, shining a light on the corruption, on the lack of information. Uh, they're, they're playing hide the ball left and right, and uh, we're finally calling them to the carpet on it. And so on the Judiciary Committee, uh, Jim Jordan has done a great job with the Weaponization Subcommittee. My subcommittee calls these legislative uh, officials with the executive branch up to Congress, reads them the Riot Act, and the combination of the one-two punch of James Comer and Jim Jordan has really proven effective. So we're going to keep it up. Great news. Indeed it has. I have to admit, though, sir, I was a little surprised that the Department of Treasury coughed coughed up these documents, or they're making them available, rather, to House investigators. Um, We had heard murmurings, what was that, Sean, two or three weeks ago, that Hunter Biden's former business associate, Eric Schwerin, may have been uh, singing a little. Do you think that that's why they decided to finally make these available? Well, I'm not sure the reasoning behind the Treasury Department's decision to put forward these documents, but we will be looking into exactly what's in the documents, getting a better picture on the Biden family business, uh, not just Hunter, but the entire Biden family and how uh, it came to pass that Hunter uh, was trading on his family's name, how much money was being made and whether any was going to the big guy. Yeah, that big guy. A lot of questions about the big guy these days. Uh, the big guy likes big government. And, Congressman, you have been one of the champions of trying to shrink our government and also to explain to the American people 
why big government ends up hurting you at the dinner table on Main Street America, all the places that we real Americans live. Uh, this week, there were two amazing revelations. Uh, Treasury Secretary Yellen says, yeah, most of the audits with all that new IRS money going to hit families and small businesses, not wealthy people. And then the uh, ATF uh, budget comes out and Joe Biden wants to give him another $2 billion to go after lawful gun owners. Your thoughts about all these intrusions that are built into the big spending we see now? Well, it just shows that they're not stopping. They're doubling down on their big government plan to intervene and interfere in every aspect of lives of American citizens. You know, the, the document that I carry with me, the Constitution, is not just a guidebook. It's, a, it's an actual uh, set of rules for how government should work and limitations on government. It, it emphasizes it's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, not a government that's left to its own devices to do whatever it pleases. So we're going to keep working to make sure that we shrink the bureaucracy and the administrative state by balancing the budget. The RSC is going to put forward a balanced budget here in the next few weeks that counters the Biden administration's budget, which is uh, doubling the debt deficits as far as the eye can see, never balancing and adding to the inflationary spending that we've seen that's hurt so many families at the pump uh, at the grocery store and in their businesses and on their farms. Yeah, so important. Congressman, I love that you carried that rule book around. I think that there are too many people on Capitol Hill who just see the Constitution as, I don't know, maybe recommendations and suggestions. So we definitely appreciate that. I wanted to ask you, I, I think the American people are tired of footing the bill for a number of different things. Uh, as we watched these two major banks collapse on Friday and yesterday, um, a lot of people were concerned about what the government response was going to be. I know that you do not support a full-scale taxpayer buyout. What I do find interesting, though, is that I remember back during the financial crisis and Occupy Wall Street, a lot of those folks who were there with picket signs and pick forks are now some of the folks who bank with Silicon Valley Bank. So I do find it slightly ironic. But what do you think the federal response should be? Well, I think that we need to not only the first of all, the structure is sound, the, the system is sound. And so your community bank uh, where you are in your community is sound and, and the protections are there. Uh, but that said, what we have is the effect of uh, Biden fueling this inflation, causing inflation rates to go up uh, and, and rates on bonds to rise, causing those banks that overinvested in government bonds to take a loss. And they were hiding that loss at Silicon Valley Bank. Once that loss came to light, there was a run on the bank by investors, many of whom were uh, tech startups in, in uh, California. And so what you had was a bank that was lopsided and, and failed. We have to let bad banks fail. Uh, we can't get in the business of government propping up uh, every failed institution across the country. We have to protect investors. We have to protect uh, those individuals who have deposits with the banks, uh, but those responsible, those who may have taken the money and run from failed banks need to be held accountable. Yeah, so important. And one of the things that uh, a lot of the members I've talked to in the last 24 hours told me from the briefings is there's a direct line from Joe Biden's spending to the failures of these banks, which runs this way. Big spending brings big inflation. Big inflation brings big increases in interest rates. Interest rates bring big downturn in investments in, in risky areas like clean tech or high tech. Um, do you think the president gets any uh, uh, lesson from this, that his economic policies have a contributory effect to the, the downturn in some of these high tech sectors right now? 
Uh, no, what we've seen from Joe Biden is deflect and disavow on inflation. He refuses to take any responsibility, high gas prices, high food prices, uh, the, uh, the chaos that's happening around the world, all of the crises we see uh, around the world, he refuses to take any responsibility for. So this latest responsibility, not only is he gonna try and deflect blame, he's gonna try and double down. His people, Elizabeth Warren, Senator from Massachusetts and others are already calling for even more regulations on the banks, even more limitations on the free market. So uh, we have to uh, make sure that we uh, secure the system, but that we don't go down the road of involving government even more uh, in the daily lives of citizens and even more in the responsibilities and activities of businesses. Yeah, so important. Congressman, and, and when I hear you talking about our president not taking responsibility, I can't help but be concerned about others not taking responsibility, especially with respect to you know, we, we see platforms like ESG destroying businesses and pensions and investments all over the country. And you see what was happening within Silicon Valley Bank, not only the ESG, but the uh, the DEI incentives, the diversity, equity and uh, inclusion um, efforts that they were making. And I just think to myself, people have to recognize, and I know that that was not the whole of the problem. I understand that there were bad financial decisions that were made, uh, as you alluded to, to earlier. But it seems to me that there is a direct correlation here between these bad decisions being driven by things like ESG and DEI. Maybe some folks who, who formally espoused these things might second guess now? Well, we know that ESG has been a factor in financial decision making for some time. And unfortunately, they've this administration has tried to uh, open the door for uh, the increased use of ESG in uh, the investment decisions of pension plans and uh, people who are just working men and women trying to invest their hard-earned money for the long term. Uh, that's why we took action in the House of Representatives to pass legislation to block that res resolution, that regulation from taking effect um, just in the past few weeks. And so we're hoping that the, in the Senate, uh, there's that closer look being taken by senators into the activities of the financial sector, uh, why they're injecting ESG into their decision making when it should just be uh, their, the bottom line for those holders of the pensions, uh, the investors in those pension plans, those hardworking men and women, they should come first and the returns on their investment should come first. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's all that people are asking about. Real, sir, we only got about 20 seconds left, but I want to ask quickly the breach of Congressman's data in the D.C. Health Exchange. How concerning to you? Well, it is of concern. I have uh, confidence in Chairman Brian Stile to do a, a, a thorough investigation of what happened, why it happened, and how we're going to secure not only the data of congressmen and women and federal employees, but every working American needs to ensure that their data is secure and the privacy protected. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free social security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. He served as President Trump's chief of staff. He served in Congress, was a founding member of the Freedom Caucus in the House, and he's one of uh, America's most recognizable political leaders. Join us right now, our good friend, Mark Meadows. Mark, good to see you. Hey, it's great to be with you, John and Amanda, and and obviously our, our prayers do go out to so many of the farmers that are, are in harm's way with this flooding out in California. And, uh, and, and, and does it shock anybody that Governor Newsom would have an account in this <laughs> bank that got bailed out by Joe Biden's? <laughs> Treasury. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like at Casablanca where they say, I'm shocked there's gambling going on here. <laughs> right. You got that one right. In fact, his wife even got a $100,000 donation for the bank for her nonprofit. They were all over this bank. It's just amazing. Just amazing stuff. Sir, I want to turn to something. You gave the American people the truth as the head of the Trump administration. You, you told us in the beginning there was good reason to believe that there was a lab leak that caused the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Now the rest of the world is caught up to you. But there's a really troubling set of circumstances. Now that the information is going to be declassified by Congress, who've been going through uh, open source documents, it's very clear that the United States government has known that since 2017, at least, 
the Chinese military was directly involved with that Wuhan Institute of Virology. Tell us what you know. Tell us how someone like a Dr. Anthony Fauci could send money to a place where our own intelligence community had grave concerns. Well, listen, it, it, the intelligence community had concerns. Most of Americans would have concerns if, if they knew. Uh, and you listen, you, you have done the hard work to kind of go through all those documents. John, uh, you and I go way back. I can tell you that as I uh, looked at your kind of research on this particular issue, uh, it, it is uh, troubling because Dr. Fauci not only knew but uh, Dr. Fauci should have known about a number of other things and then all of a sudden went on kind of a PR tour in defense of this uh, natural uh, uh, contagion that supposedly happened from a, uh, a market there. Listen, we've got two agencies that, that say right now that they have uh, some degree of confidence that it was a lab leak. As you uh, reported accurately, uh, myself and President Trump uh, mentioned this long ago, that we had seen information that le led us to believe uh, that uh, this was not only uh, not a uh, uh, just a, a coincidence, but certainly something that needed to be investigated further. And uh, here's what we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing that Dr. Fauci uh, should have had warning signs go up. And it took uh, President Trump to say enough is enough. We're not going to send money there. Uh, and there was great pushback from Dr. Fauci with me. He says, you know, we, we can't cut off this funding. And uh, indeed, uh, President Trump was very strong in that. Uh, and yet we're seeing uh, funding coming from NIH and others in the Biden administration that would still send troubling alarm bells across uh, the country. Mm. Amazing stuff. Ugh. It's terrifying to see. But speaking of funding and speaking of investigations, over in the House Oversight Committee, we are seeing a lot of information come to light about some of the business dealings with the Biden family. Uh, $3 million from this Chinese company that ultimately went through uh, what may be a wash and rent cycle at Robinson Walker LLC, went on to Hallie Biden, James Biden, and Hunter Biden. Typically, when money cha changes hands, it's a good or a service that's exchanged. It's not usually influence. The American people typically look down on that type of thing. What's the big problem here? Well, there's a couple of problems. One is is it took so long to get uh, the suspicious activities report. Uh, you know, if there was nothing to hide, they would have turned that over very quickly. And it took a very tenacious Chairman James Comer. Uh, listen, uh, I serve with uh, with Chairman Comer, and I can tell you, he is a workhorse, not a show pony. And uh, if anything, he is very methodical. Uh, some would say uh, uh, not only methodical, but he is fast in his methodical ways, which is rare for Congress. There's two things, uh, two ways things get done in D.C., <laughs> slow and never. And so uh, James is, uh, is actually doing a real good job. But as you reported, some of the reports are very troubling because it, it would indicate that uh, – uh, the, the money kind of funneled through this one group to uh, what's being reported, three family members uh, of the Biden family. Uh, and it was a, an energy deal. Uh, listen, I'm not so sure that there was any energy other than the energy of uh, getting a bank account larger that was actually uh, uh, tran uh, transacted there. But when we see that, Amanda, one of the big things that, that uh, I continue to look at 
is uh, what's going to come next, because this is literally the first report that is uh, coming out. I can tell you as staff director for the oversight committee uh, used to work with me and uh, and what they will do is they will not necessarily lead with their most uh, powerful thing. So you're going to see uh, a lot more information coming out on this particular report. Yeah, there's yeah, it's no only doubt downhill about it. or uphill. I want to take it back here. to the 2020 election because Joe Biden said a lot of things to us at the 2020 election. China is not our enemy. It's not our competition. It's not a threat. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with my son's business. My son didn't have anything to do wrong. Time after time now, most of the things that Joe Biden looked into the camera at debates, at, at events, have now been debunked. Did the American people get misled? Did they get sent a, a hoodwink during the 2020 election? Well, uh, they, they not only got misled, but sadly, what we're seeing is is they're paying the price. Uh, so it's not just with with China and what's happening here, but they're paying the price of the pumps. You know, he, he told the voters in Pennsylvania, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, the price of gas and, and, and oil and gas production, and yet has done more to actually thwart that effort than anything else. I think, uh, you know, Speaker McCarthy uh, and, and the House Republicans are putting forth a an energy bill. Uh, that's going to address that very thing. And uh, and they're making it a priority. Uh, hopefully people, when they start to fill up their tank, they will realize that the gas prices were down substantially under President Trump. And they are not only going higher with Joe Biden, but potentially can go a lot higher by Election Day. And so it it is critically important that we hold Joe Biden accountable for the campaign promises and remind him of, of what they were. But listen, moderate Joe is gone. Uh, we, when when Joe Biden was uh, sworn into office, we got progressive Joe Biden. You will see moderate Joe Biden come back. Uh, because uh, election time is getting closer, but the American people shouldn't believe it. Yeah, good point. Maybe those things he said on the campaign trail were just wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, like his budget <laughs> proposal that came out. Now, look, executive budget proposals, they're always aspirational. They know they're not going to get everything that they want. But this one seems uh, particularly unserious, considering some of the liberal wish list items in their infrastructure, gender equality efforts, uh, environmental, social justice. Some of these wish list items in there, Mark, I just feel like they don't resonate with the American people, and I don't think they're going to get the funding. But what do you think? Uh, Amanda, they're not going to get a funding because they got to go through a Republican House. So I can tell you it's dead on arrival. And you're right there. Uh, they're a wish list for progressives on the on the left hand side. But here's the interesting thing. We saw a contrast within the last seven days between uh, uh, the conservatives in the Republican Party and Joe Biden, uh, both uh, the House Freedom Caucus and Joe Biden put out a uh, a, a budget. And one of them calls for additional taxes. And now get this, it's taxes even on unrealized capital gains. So it just if you think that you've made money, he's going to tax that. And I mean, it, it doesn't it, you talk about not serious. You're exactly right. It's a good way to to describe it. But then the Republicans in the House put forth a budget that cut almost one hundred and fifty billion dollars of what we would call woke kind of policies uh, in these agencies. You know, it's it's uh, literally when you look at the House Freedom Caucus's budget, it's putting parents back in control of the classrooms. It's making sure that we uh, don't continue to support critical race theory and a lot of the uh, the leftist agenda that's there. 
So uh, I can tell you, Joe Biden's uh, budget is dead on arrival. His ideas are, are, are less popular, uh, even in the state of California, uh, than they are anywhere else. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Welcome back, America. The Department of Labor put new statistics out showing that, well, inflation is being downright stubborn. 6% increase February over February. A lot of concern that maybe the Biden administration hasn't gotten enough of a handle on this inflation. Well, we've got the perfect first guest to uh, referee that. He is uh, the former senior, uh, a former advisor to President Trump, and he's a senior economic contributor for FreedomWorks. He's our good friend, Steve Moore, and he joins us right now. Steve, good to have you on the show. Hi, John. All right. So help us understand the inflation uh, picture. It doesn't look like it's uh, abated enough. Uh, 6% in February, a little bit better, but probably not where economists want it, right? Yeah, so the inflation number is coming down a bit, so that's good news. You know, we were at 9% last summer. Now, the latest report has us at 6%, although food prices, John, are still up almost 10%. So that's causing real hardship for families. Uh, But the real story uh, is that, you know, when Trump left office, we had a 1.4 inflation rate, and now we're still at six. Somehow that's supposed to be great news. Don't forget the Federal Reserve Board target is 2%. So there's a long way 
6% target to the 2%. And here's what I think is important for people to understand. You know, you've seen what's happened with the Silicon Valley Bank, which is a result of these higher interest rates that the Fed has imposed in order to get inflation out of control. And so uh, now the Fed is saying, well, maybe we won't raise rates anymore to help save the banks. There's a problem with that, John. Because if they're not going to raise rates and federal government isn't in the Congress isn't, and Biden are going to cut spending, then we're going to see more inflation, not less. And so I don't, I don't see any solution here that's very easy. But to me, the number one job has to be get that inflation rate down to two to three percent where we're going to see real hardship for Americans. Steve, the uh, the price of money seems to continue getting higher and higher and higher. And there was something that Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy brought up recently that's very concerning. He talked about this $10.5 trillion price tag associated with interest on our nation's debt over the next 10 years. And he, he, he talked about it within the scope of a conversation about it being a national threat. Do you think that's true? Right. Well, first of all, I got to tell you, um, you know, I'm in Florida right now and, you know, we took this trip and you've got the airline tickets and then you've got the uh, cost of renting a car. and You've got the cost of going to a restaurant and you've got the cost of hotels. And I got to tell you guys, we don't have six percent inflation right now. I mean, these places are up 15, 20 percent. And so everywhere I go, people get angry at me because I, I cite the official number of inflation of you know six or seven percent and people just scoffed at me and they say my inflation rate is a lot higher than that and i mentioned the fact that you know the food inflation and groceries are up almost 10 percent so when you look at the essentials that people have to buy yeah it is true computer costs and things like that are down but not the basic things like rent and food and energy those are all you know, double digit inflation. And that's why I think Americans are such a sour mood and why they feel so financially pinched. Yeah, such a great point, Steve. Uh, I want to talk about the big gorilla that walked into the room this weekend when we heard uh, the banks collapse. There seems to be a direct line between President Biden's spending leading to inflation, leading to higher interest rates, leading to a downturn in the tech economy. Walk us through the vicious cycle that Joe Biden created there. Okay, I'll connect the dots. It's not that complicated. So, you know, we had $6 trillion spending spree by Biden in the first two years in office, and it was all paid for by borrowing. And, you know, I've been saying on your show and others that this is going to cause a financial problem for the country. Uh, And we're seeing the first ripples of that with these banks. And so, you know, when the interest rates had to rise, a lot of these banks had an arbitrage arrangement on the on the bonds and it didn't work out too well with them they didn't predict they probably should have john they should have been smarter i mean you could tell that we weren't going to have zero interest rates much longer but the feds raised interest rates by i think nine times by over 350 basis points and that's caused all sorts of havoc in these banks like silicon valley bank and i think there are probably a dozen more that are in big trouble i want to mention one other thing john that i think troubling because i don't think the major banks like Bank of America and Wells Fargo, uh, and those banks are in any trouble. But we're seeing a big, big decline in the stock values of the smaller banks. And so when Uncle Sam steps in to do these uh, bailouts, which it looks like they're going to do, it only makes the big banks stronger. And when they talk about more regulation, it just concentrates more of the power in the big banks. And you've got this kind of insidious relationship between big labor, big business, and big government 
that I think is a huge problem for the American economy going forward. Now, I want to say one other quick thing, John. I don't want people to think that there's going to be a run on the banks and things. You still have deposited insurance. If you have less than $250,000 in one of these accounts, you have nothing to worry about. You will get your money out. That's a great point. Well, sadly, with the state of the economy, I think most Americans fall in that bracket of under two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, I wanted well, to ask. Right? They're, bar- they're, they're bailing out the people who put million, two million, three million. John, how, how many middle class people have put five hundred thousand dollars into a savings account? They don't. This is a bailout right. of big business. And by the way, it's also, you know, they have this new doctrine was called too big to fail. You know what? Everybody seems to be too big to fail except me and you and the people watching the show. We're the ones who get screwed. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I seem to see some some familiar faces of people who are getting bailed out now who were screeching about it during Occupy Wall Street. But uh, I'm sure they don't want us to point that out. Um, I wanted to ask you about your tweet. So you wrote Trumponomics and GovZilla, and you have such a great way of, of showing the economic landscape to the American people and explaining it. And this tweet that you put out, I think, yesterday pertains to FDIC uh, coverage of bank deposits. Talk to us about why this is important and the scope of this. Well, you, you, um, you know, this is a graph we put together that's gone to God viral on the Internet. And, you know, the last line there is infinity because, you know, you can see that the original idea of, of, of the insurance on deposits in banks was during the 1930s, during the Depression, when you had run on banks. And it was to protect the small depositors. But look at those numbers now, quarter of a million. And now it's basically infinity. And that's <laughs> That's not for the small investor. Uh, I just find this very troubling. Again, we're, we're seem to be bailing out everybody except the average American. And I've got to tell you, the president was, wasn't being very truthful yesterday when he said, don't worry, this isn't going to cost the taxpayer a penny. Of course it is. Who else would pay for it? The man on the moon? I mean, of course this is going to come out of taxpayers. Uh, Steve, I want to drill into that a little bit more because the way FDIC will temporarily deal with this is it'll keep increasing the fees, insurance fees on banks. But don't the banks then just turn around and, and charge you and I a little bit more to cover that cost? John, you're a good economist. You're exactly right. So when he says, well, we're not going to have to pay for this, of course we were. We are. And by the way, it's also true that the banks that are going to have to pay the larger fees are the banks that acted properly. So that's yeah. the unfairness of government policy. So we're going, to, how, we're going to punish the people who made bad decisions by taxing more of the companies that made good decisions. This is called the moral hazard problem, and it's why government seems to screw up everything it touches. Great point. Steve, there seems like there may be a lesson to be learned here with respect to specifically Silicon Valley Bank. We know that uh, from transcripts of phone calls with investors, woke investments, ESG, those things like that were very, very important to this bank. Is there a lesson here uh, after the failure of Silicon Valley Bank? You better believe it. I'm so glad you asked about that because... These banks uh, and a lot of the pension funds now are getting involved in this, um, you know, green energy stuff and all these other kinds of initiatives. And it's having a really damaging effect on the returns of these uh, of these companies. And by the way, the reason this is very relevant right now is because on Joe Biden's desk right now is a bill that would prohibit him or, the, you know, these companies from investing in ESG funds and not getting the best return. There are tens of millions of pensioners around the country that would be, you know, whose pensions are put, being put in jeopardy 
for this ESG agenda. I think it's outrageous. I think it's illegal. It's a violation of the fiduciary duty, and it's going to cost people money. I think if Biden vetoes this, you're going to have a lot of angry senior citizens who are going to say, what happened to my pension? We have a hashtag, by the way, hands off our pensions. And that should be the, you know, what, what uh, government should do. Keep your fingers off of our pensions because we deserve the best return we can get on our lifetime savings. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. He is a voice of both fiscal and security common sense. He joins us from the great state of Ohio, Congressman Orrin Davidson. Sir, great to have you on the show today. Always an honor. Thank you, John. Thank you, Amanda. We love having you on because we get straight talk and common sense. And I want to go right to the top issue that we led the show off with today. The Border Patrol Chief, Raul Orte, is saying we do not have operational control of our southern border. He not only contradicts Mayorkas, he really puts out a huge security vulnerability in front of the American people. Your reaction to that? Well, I'm glad he's speaking the truth, and he must be talking to the people who man the the uh, border. Because uh, over a year ago, I spoke to Brandon Judd, who's the, the head of the union that represents the uh, Customs and Border Patrol, and you know he had said the same thing. He's like, "We do not have control of the border." He's like, "It's not like we're on defense. We're not even on the field." Uh, the, uh, that was those were his words when he was talking to me about how bad the situation was. Uh, he's like, we don't even need more resources. We'd love to have some more people, but fundamentally, we just want to be allowed to do our job, and that's a policy decision uh, by the Biden administration. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, true. sir. And I, I certainly hope that their feet are continually uh, held to the fire. You know, I think that there's another sector of American society where people feel like they are not in control and they see rising inflation, they see unemployment, they see the cost of energy and groceries skyrocketing and they feel like they are not in control of their own financial destinies and fresh off the heels of this news out of SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, that only one member of their board, you heard us tease this at the top, only one member had financial experience. If we continue down this road where we are moving away from meritocracy and just really placing such a heightened importance on checking off social justice boxes, how detrimental is that going to ultimately be to our economy? Well, look, it's it's exactly why the shareholders needed to be wiped out and the creditors need to be wiped out. In that sense, the regulators got it right. Uh, they didn't let the banks uh, avoid failure. The banks did fail. 
Uh, I do think it, on balance uh, in this situation, it was probably good to protect the depositors. Um, but, you know, we have to go from a system where a handful of banks are seen as too big to fail to where no bank is too big to fail. Uh, and, you know, th this whole idea of merit based hiring uh, needs to be reinforced in that system. There's consequences when you, you know, there's, a, you know, the cliche, go woke, go broke. Um, and, and if that's the case, you know, sure, we want to minimize the collateral damage. But the principle of the shareholders need to bear that risk. Here they've borne it, and shame on them and the regulators for letting it get to this point. Yeah, that is, that is really one of the great questions. Did they maybe look the other way because this bank was a darling of the woke policy, and, and that didn't look close enough at their, their bottom line and the warning signs that seemed to be emerging last summer? Do you have any uh, concern about the regulators having the right policing capability? Are, are they really watching for banks and getting ahead of troubles, or are they waiting for the last minute? Well, the laws are in place to be able to do just that. They are kind of broad. Right. And, you know, fundamentally, we want to make sure that the regulators are actually focused on the right things. They were very focused on diversity, equity and inclusion and climate risk. Those are mandates given by the Joe Biden administration. But it seems like this bank was uniquely um, bad at adjusting to the interest rate risk that every bank, frankly, every person. I mean, we all have interest rate risk as the cost of money has gone up. Uh, whether that's a higher mortgage, higher car loan, higher credit card payments, interest rates were raised by the Federal Reserve. Uh, and so if you don't navigate that well, that's a that's a really dangerous uh, situation for the whole economy. This bank in particular didn't navigate that well. Uh, if the regulators weren't focused on that, I'm confident after many calls over the weekend with Treasury, the Federal Reserve, FDIC, members of our committee, the House and Senate side, uh, that everyone is looking right now at what happens if there is a demand for withdrawals. Do we have the liquidity to cover it? The Federal Reserve uh, lending activity, the facility they put in place, which is their job, they lend money to banks, looks like it's in a place to stabilize things. Hopefully it works, uh, but fundamentally the, we're, we're in this problem because we had massive deficits. We had Biden administration fiscal spending that juiced, that juiced the economy and caused inflation. The Fed said it wasn't going to happen. Then they said it wasn't going to hit consumers. Then they said it was going to be transitory. The central planners were totally wrong, and they're still the people in charge of managing our interest rates. So, uh, you know, there has to be accountability for that. Yeah, great point. Yeah. Whatever happened to the Biden administration uh, misinformation folks on that type of stuff? They seem to be silent. I wanted to ask you, though, I want to stay on this for one more question because you're so smart uh, with the financial side of things. I think a lot of people are concerned about the effects on crypto, and maybe that's like the younger demographic of our audience. But you saw uh, Silicon Valley Bank, who has a lot of crypto startups, and uh, Silvergate Capital fail within less than a week of each other. Silvergate Capital, who is a central lender to a lot of companies within the crypto sector, um, if this continues to happen, if this propagates across the banking industry, what do we do with our crypto? Yeah, great question. And Barney Frank, uh, you know, the Democrat from uh, Massachusetts, who was the former chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, the Frank part of the Dodd-Frank Act, uh, he was on the board at Signature Bank. And in interviews, he said that he thought that they were targeted because of crypto holdings. I mean, frankly, uh, you know, the director Harris, uh, the director of financial services for the state of New York, just had come back from an FSOC. These are a lot of acronyms that people in the sector get kind of a globalist banking uh, conference. Uh, and they basically said, hey, we're shutting down Signature Bank. 
and the common denominator, they banked crypto. Well, what did they bank? They had cash. I mean, Silicon Valley Bank had cash, and they were saying this is a systemic risk to have cash on deposit at a bank. Uh, you really got to scratch your head on that. And I guess the concern is, well, if they deposited it quickly, they could also withdraw it quickly. There's ways to prevent that, and there's ways to hedge against that risk. It does seem like the regulators are kind of what is known as an operation choke point, which is the regulators are pushing people out of banks. And we're concerned that really what caused the run on these banks was regulatory pressure for people to move their money. Wow. That's going to be something watched, uh, important to watch unfold, get more information on. That's very important. So you served our uh, country in uniform, Army Ranger. The world feels like it's a very unstable moment. Uh, the Russian aggression against our drone, uh, all the other things going on. Can you give us your latest reaction to Russia's behavior, our reaction to it, and where we are in the proxy war over Ukraine? Well, I sent a tweet out this morning early um, asking questions about Lindsey Graham. You know, he kind of had a reaction, I think, to the fact that the presidential field didn't uniformly support kind of unconditional, unlimited war in Ukraine. And uh, my question is, you know, as, a, as you say, a basic soldier, you get trained on, you know, ready, aim, fire. Uh, the policy towards Ukraine has been ready, fire, aim. We've sent all kinds of money over there. We've all but tactically participated in the war to the point where our drones are getting shot down or not shot down, but taken down at this point. Um, and we still can't define what is the mission. Uh, yes, yeah, support Ukraine to do what? Right. That's kind of where it stops. Is it to, um, you know, create a peaceful resolution so that the war doesn't spread to any NATO country? Is it to make sure there are no Russians in Ukraine? Is it to make sure there's no Russians in Ukraine or Crimea pre-2014 uh, conflict? Is it to make sure that we have regime change in Russia and we get rid of Vladimir Putin? I mean, as you go down that scale, it's a bigger and bigger commitment from the United States. And so far, the Ukrainian army is fighting strong. And frankly, a lot of civilians and other affiliated groups are fighting back against the Russians, as we would hope somebody invaded our country. We would hope everyone goes all in to defend our country. But what is America's role in that? If the Ukrainian military starts to fail and get pushed back, is it somehow America's fight? Is it NATO's fight? Those questions aren't being asked, aren't being asked, and they certainly aren't being answered. Uh, and we need answers to that before we continue to, uh, you know, move down this path. That's how we get baited into a war. And I think at the end of the day, Russia benefits from a long war. China benefits from a long war. And, uh, and, and potentially, obviously, defense contractors benefit from a long war. But it's not clear how America's security posture is directly benefited by this course of action. Yeah, those are very wise words, sir. A lot of Americans I talk to every day have that same fear that you do. So well put. Great honor to have you on the show, as always, sir. We always learn a lot. Can't wait to get you back on real soon. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? 
Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. We want to turn our attention to some breaking news from earlier this morning. President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has filed a lawsuit against Delaware repair shop owner John Paul McIsaac for what he believes the shop owner illicitly distributed his personal data from his laptop. You know, that very laptop that was unclaimed, then denied its even existence and helped cause a massive social media censorship campaign across multiple platforms just before the 2020 presidential election. So here to talk more about the latest revelations on this lawsuit and from the House Oversight Committee's findings is one of our good friends. He is the director of research at the Government Accountability Institute and co-author with my great co-host of Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enriched the Clinton and Biden Dynasties. Oh, that's going to be a good topic. Seamus Britter, great to have you back. What do you make of this lawsuit? Yeah, it's great to be with you, Amanda, as always. So uh, this looks like some changing tactics coming from the Biden camp. Like you said, they tried to deny, deny, deny. The laptop's not his. Probably Russian disinformation. Now they're admitting, of course, that it, we, what we knew all along, the laptop is real. It was Hunter's. And now they're, they're pulling in this weird uh, invasion of privacy charge. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know much about that. But what I do know is that Hunter Biden's signature appears on a document that lays out the terms of his repair. And according to the laptop shop owner, John Paul McIsaac, one of those terms is if you abandon your laptop, it becomes the property of the laptop shop. So I don't know that this is going anywhere. uh, But what it does show is that Hunter is admitting it's his laptop. And they're also admitting now, uh, just yesterday or the day before, I believe, that Hunter did take money from China. First, Joe Biden said, no, we never took any money, not a penny from China. And now they're admitting, well, we got some money from China. Yeah, that they are. They're admitting there are a lot. And it's really a major backflip for the Biden team because from we've gone from the laptop's disinformation to, oh, it really was real all along. And now we have to sue you for privacy violations. Um, the American people are, I think, are probably getting a little bit tired of the shenanigans here the, the laptop gives us perhaps the best roadmap we've had to understanding just how the influence peddling scheme went down. You and I collaborated in a story a couple months ago about a no interest, uh, forgivable loan that gave five million to the, the Bidens through a back door. Now James Comer's put out another transaction, a three million dollar good faith payment, uh, that just gets divvied up and sent to three uh, Biden family members, Halle Bailey, Hunter Biden, uh, Hunter Biden, of course, and um, and James Biden, um, it seems as though the family had lots of different ways to get cash through the back door. Yeah, you know what? Studying the Bidens, I have just learned so much about business. Uh, you know, first it was the no interest <laughs> forgivable loan. I'm wondering where I can get one of those. Yeah. And now now this good faith seed money. I'd never heard of that. So uh, you apparently just get three million dollars and we'll figure out what it's for later. Um it's, I mean, it's ludicrous. These are payments from, and, and from who? The Chinese Energy Corporation, which is tied to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence, even the People's Liberation Army through Yi Jianming, and you've got Patrick Ho. I mean, these are not just some Chinese businessmen. These are 
These are guys tied to the highest levels of our right. greatest adversaries, military apparatus. Seamus, uh, one key word that we have been talking about the last two years is whistleblowers. With whistleblowers with respect to COVID, with respect to the FBI, all manners of whistleblowers. And now we know that there are, um, I guess, what you could de facto call whistleblowers with respect to Hunter Biden. Eric Schwerin, a very close associate, has been speaking to members of Congress um, once they get these whistleblowers and they get information from these folks, then they have to back it up with documentation. There has to be some type of proof to what they have been saying. What do you expect them to hear further from, from either these whistleblowers or more whistleblowers, and how do they back it up? Yeah, I mean, Eric Schwerin is a huge get for the committee. Um, he knows where all of the bodies are buried. He's on basically every email that John and I have reported and Peter Schweitzer has reported and others. Um Almost every email of consequence has got Eric Schwerin on it. I mean, whether it's the one where Eric Schwerin is telling Hunter he didn't pay his taxes on the Burisma payment, or Eric Schwerin is, is setting up some of these UPenn, U-Delaware uh, academic ventures where the Biden family members, uh, Hunter, Valerie Owens, Valerie Owens, Biden, uh, her daughters. I mean, you've got, it's, a, it's a family affair, and that's, that's the thing that I think this mystery – Biden payment that was just released as part of the three million through Rob Walker. Uh, who is this mystery Biden? And I think Eric Schwerin could probably answer that question. Yeah, that one account is going to be the great pursuit of congressional investigators over the next few weeks. Uh, the idea that there are now witnesses, a laptop with contemporaneous records on it, and bank records that previously weren't available to investigator, it seems as though a very complete accounting of the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden financial world is going to come into focus very quickly. At the end of the day, James Comer comes on this show every couple of weeks and he says, this is not about Hunter Biden. This is about Joe Biden. We need to know what he benefited from and what he did to get those benefits. Something he said the other day was very important. As the money started flowing to these members and got divvied up, he said some of it definitely went to the benefit of Joe Biden. It paid bills, credit cards, things like that. But Joe Biden also reciprocated. He told us right here on TV, he said in the last year of his vice presidency, he meets with several of the foreigners who actually initiate those foreign money transfers to the family. The idea that Joe Biden meets and then the family meets and greets and then the family gets the money really starts to put into a picture what we really call an old fashioned influence peddling. Your thoughts on what James Comer said this week? Yeah, well, that's absolutely right. I mean, we've got a very full picture. And it's not it's never been about Hunter Biden. I mean, that Hunter Biden, uh, he, he provides no discernible work product. Nobody ever thought that Hunter Biden was making these deals happen on his own. It's all to get close to Joe. So I think uh, Congressman Comer is absolutely right. As we've said all along, it's all about Joe. Um, there's a few things. The number of LLCs that each Biden is not just Hunter Biden. Every Biden family member seems to have all of these LLCs and numbered LLCs that uh, they set one up and they shut another down. Um, it's it's really bizarre unless you're trying to disguise the payments, which is what I think this three million dollars that Comer revealed shows is they're trying to obscure the source of the money coming into the entire Biden family, uh, Biden family's pockets. And that's, yeah, that's a big I mean, I agree. Yeah. yeah. 
And I mean, also, at the end of the day, whether whether or not a family member of the president smoked crack and knocked up, up hookers, it's not the president. So you have to focus on on Joe Biden himself. I wanted to ask you, though, because when we heard about this three million dollars that came from this Chinese company and ultimately went to Robinson Walker LLC and then was divvied up among Hallie and James and Hunter. Um, I was thinking about the way that this relationship was formed. And then, of course, you have to have conversations about Cinehawk Holdings and the relationship that those folks, particularly Robinson Walker, had with Tony Bobolinsky. And I haven't heard a lot about Tony Bobolinsky lately. Do you know what's happening with him? Yeah, well, that, and you, you bring up an excellent point, uh, Amanda, because also uh, Tony Bobulinski brings into the brings it back in the FBI to this whole story. I haven't talked to Tony in in some time, um, but I, I know that he's still outraged at what's happened. He and he feels he was totally ripped off by the Bidens. Um, so I, you know, I look forward to hearing what he's been working on. But um, with the FBI, they interviewed Tony Bobulinski. And some of the FBI agents, uh, this Timothy Tybalt, who we know was gatekeeping and stonewalling this investigation, I think that uh, the weaponization committee needs to be looking into these guys because it's both the Bidens have been lying, but they've also been getting cover from the FBI. And Tony Bobulinski provided everything to them before uh, the election and they sat on it and they're still sitting on it. Yeah, so important. Uh, uh, we only got a, about 30 seconds, Seamus, but there are lots of la- uh, emails on the laptop that show that Hunter Biden knew for years, going back at least to 2016, when Devin Archer, his business partner, was being arrested. He had a tax problem. He doesn't solve it into 2022. Do you expect there to be charges on the tax case soon? I, I've uh, I've learned better than to expect charges, <laughs> uh, but I we can we can hope. We can hope. Uh, yeah, two, the two things uh, that I want to look into further on this Hunter Biden matter is um, we, the laptop only goes up to a certain date. So we only know when some, like the, the emails cut off. But these payments, you know, they came after Joe Biden's vice presidency, but they also yeah. came before his presidency. And so yeah. how many more payments the money. happened between 2017 and 2020? All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Always grateful when you listen. Always grateful to all the great folks who are part of the Just the News family. You subscribe, you listen, you click on ads, you support our sponsors, advertisers, and partners. I can't say thank you enough. All right, folks, keep a close eye on justthenews.com. We've got you covered 24-7. And I just want to mention things to you that I think are important. If you want to help us grow our reporting, our investigative reporting, and have as many reporters as we have whistleblowers coming in. By the way, we have a large number of whistleblowers approaching Just the News. Go and join the VIP subscriber club. All you got to do is go to justthenews.com slash subscribe. You get an ad-free experience for your $4.99 subscription or your $44.99 annual subscription. Ad-free experience on all the website and phone apps that we have. And you get a chance once a month to hang out with me at a town hall where I answer your questions for an hour and 90 minutes. And so those are the benefits of VIP subscriber club. And if you join, all that money goes into hiring more reporters, something that we're committed to doing. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower 
your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews.